So this morning I opened the paper Hasita and it really got me thinking why is everyone trying to bring me food and groceries faster and faster and faster than I can either eat it or cook it what's really happening here i mean they used to sell books fine you added other stuff and now suddenly amazon food flipkart hey you guys are good at clothes and shoes just stick to that no flipkart food you remember uber eats just the thought of some guy picking up food keeping it in that back seat which was never really too clean and then bringing it to me to eat mm -mm, not happening so it quietly slipped into the zomato brand is there something that is triggering all of this crazy chase towards getting bigger and bigger in a way wider and wider trying to just do more and more right i kind of miss that good old kesidas where just that one son papdi was what they were so good at and continue to be good at like do one thing really well guys it makes me wonder is there such a thing as too much growth welcome to the damn good marketing podcast today subha and i discuss growth in all its multifaceted glory how much is too much growth on a daily basis can a small business actually ever stop thinking about growing You're right as a small business I really can't stop thinking about growth sometimes I'd love to pace it so much better just slow down do really good work with the few projects that I have in hand but then there's this reminder that hey if you're not pitching today if there's no funnel if there's no pipeline then what are you going to be doing 6 months from now or a year from now so growth is always in the back of your mind or right in front of you and it's a tough call to make yeah especially for a small business owner i think it definitely is because a lot of systems that organically generate growth are not yet in place right there's a lot of active pitching there's a lot of personal in fact subha you know this every time a project comes up you have to start from scratch there are no templates as such right however once you know you grow and you become a larger organization obviously there are systems there you know there's a template for everything that makes it possible to grow and when you don't have that do you really have the choice to not do it at some point like for example i say next two months i will not pitch yeah. i know that it's going to come back and bite me six months <laughs> from now right yeah true no but that got me thinking quite a few startups that uh, i'm meeting and working with today they have a head of growth and uh, i've been very tempted to ask what does this really mean i mean is that just another fancy new name for marketing that's actually a very interesting question because i think that the role of a head of growth changes based on the size of the organization and where they are selling and what they are selling and all of those things in an early stage context a lot of times it's actually the ceo or the cto or one of the chief executives who ends up becoming the head of growth as well because you have to advocate for your own product like for example the cmo of boat is also the co-founder right hmm. so it's not optional for him he's just taken his skill set and he said hey i'm selling speakers and i'm selling sound systems from today right in larger organizations and especially i think even before that in growing organizations the head of growth has a very different and i feel a slightly more complex role to play as well because what is growth right is it only marketing can the promises made by marketing and sales 
uh, alone translate into a good product or a service experience no right mm -hmm. so there has to be a good product there have to be good operations and in a way the head of growth is kind of you know in control of all of these things mm -hmm. so is it a marketing function yes because at the end of the day you're responsible for the revenue however is that the only thing that you're focusing on not so much it's like the bd head right like fundamentally we understand business development to mean sales Yes. but it's not it's business development right so i think head of growth is something similar as well yeah yeah no i think um, that's making a little more sense so if we get a little logical about it um saying that okay head of growth slash marketing slash bd is really trying to enhance the business in a way that it can also continue to serve its customers in the right way what would be step 1 to putting all this in place yeah yeah so in a way uh, particularly if you're a small business and this is where i think a lot of the conversation around growth happens also because again larger systems while they have the ability to pitch they also have the ability on some level to be resilient and deliver on what they're pitching so for them 12 projects versus 10 is not going to make a lot of difference but for smaller systems it is right so i think the first question to ask yourself is uh, how much of this market can i really service right and where is my unique value proposition so of course we marketers we love jargon we love terms <laughs> so we call it tam total addressable market right and it's a very interesting concept because the number of meetings in which i've sat and people have i've asked them what is your market size what is your revenue target and they've said literally everybody is our market it's stunning because the fact is that everybody cannot be your market even if you're selling something as common as bata shoes your specific market is still probably at least like 20 years ago it was school children right everything else was secondary so your tam in that sense uh, can simply be calculated just take the whole market size you know estimate how many people are there who you can directly service and divide it by the number of similar players in the market so for example if i run a marketing agency then i would take any business that needs a marketing consulting service and not just any marketing service but specifically a consulting service which means that they want the strategy to be built and they want uh, you know someone to spend time thinking about what is the right thing for them i would take businesses of that nature i would see how much revenue i can make from businesses of that nature and i would divide it by me plus how many ever competitors i think exist in that space now competition can be you know uh, graded based on price points it can be graded based on service so again going back to my example i would probably pick people who offer a similar price point and also people who retained their clients in the past for at least 2 or 3 years because that's how we work right so the simple calculation is basically how many people exist divided by how many people can help those people so that's tam <laughs> got it you know sometimes i wonder like if i walk down to my neighborhood you know chandu's kirana store and i ask him have you thought about your total addressable market and how do you project for the next 5 years and he's, he's just going to ignore you <laughs> yeah no that, and why because he's just too busy making money and selling his goods exactly. and you know getting bigger and bigger each day with just a lot of common sense in his head exactly exactly in fact that's fundamentally what it comes down to as well the reason why we are even having these conversations is because of the sheer competition in the market today so the moment there are 30 shoe sellers 40 shoe sellers all doing something similar 
and we think there is a usp but there is actually isn't right at the end of the day it's a shoe it has to last long and it has to not bite my feet that's what it comes down to so which actually brings me to the second bit which is how much of this market can i address today mm. say based on my earlier calculation i come up with a number that says uh, there are 100 clients in bangalore who i can address with my services mm. people who will at least listen have give me a seat at the table and you know uh, my if i follow my pitching process i'll probably get that project so that's my qualification parameter but can i address 100 today Hmm. And this is where our growth uh, falters a little bit, right? Because we either think we can and we end up making the mistake of, see, we are in the service industry. So the only way to serve people is to hire more people, yeah. right? So we then make the mistake of hiring too quickly and then the culture starts to crumble a little bit. And, you know, everybody is responsible for things that they don't really understand or are not ready hmm. for yet. Hmm. Or the other thing that happens, which is equally problematic, is that we pitch ourselves too low in the sense that we say, no, today I can address only two clients. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that the actual reality lies somewhere between these two numbers. Obviously, you can't do all 100. At the same time, you don't have to settle for a two as well. Got it. So I think the step one comes to something that we keep going back to, you know, just really knowing who your customer is, right? Knowing whom you want to serve. And then step two is okay what can i do for these guys and how much how many of these guys can i truly serve where i add value i i do a good job i i do what i want to do or i'm i promise that i will do right so exactly. so, so what happens at scale like at some point you know how how do we scale and how do we because we know that if if we've got our tam right then we know that there's more out there for us yeah yeah Again, I think that's a very individual choice that needs to be made. Um, I'll also like to talk about the fact that there is a qualitative element to this delivery. It's not a packet of chips in most cases. It's not, you know, a bottle of Coke. It is something a lot more abstract, both in the customer's mind and yours as well. Because for them, you picking up the call during the weekday is a sign that they can depend on you, right? Likewise, them opening up and asking you, certain vulnerable questions is a way of telling you that, hey, I trust you to show me what's the right thing for me, right? So to be honest, I think most of us actually need a lot less scale than we think we do. While the attraction of the market itself, and uh, I think that's a whole different conversation, uh, just the fact that 100 exist and I want to be able to service all of them is very much there. Especially if you're a growing business, I think you need to get that fundamental right in terms of not just the quantitative aspect of your service offering or your even your product for that matter, but also the qualitative aspect. Like just to take an example, I bought, uh, finally fell for one of the many Instagram ads and bought leggings from Bliss Club. Now, literally the reason I bought them is because they have pockets. I kid you not, like why do women's <laughs> clothes not have pockets? I will I know, never understand. Right? <laughs> finally, I saw a pair of, you know, activewear pants that had pockets and I fell for it and I paid a good 2000 bucks. Now, the thing that happened is as soon as it was delivered, I wore it once and the zipper at the back gave way. It mm -hmm. stopped closing. 
I was very disappointed because obviously I've spent a lot of money. I've been seeing this ad for such a long time. Right. And I got a message on WhatsApp saying, hey, just leave, you know, feedback and we'll let you know if there's anything. So it was a very generic form, but thankfully they had a section where I could go out and say, hey, but my zipper broke and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a little yeah. disappointed. They've shipped a different pair now for free. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you do this? With 10,000, 100,000 people, you have to, it's not optional, right? Because that's the expectation that has been set now. So then you need to think about how do you make systems around this? How do you ensure that even when you're selling a few lakh products every month, somebody is sitting and checking that form? Yeah. Or at least using a tool that can gather that data at scale and tell you, hey, these seem to be the 10 problem areas. Yeah. And that's what would matter to me. Yeah, that's true. And also, I think, you know, in the early days, you're getting genuine feedback. Like today, you're going to fill that form and say that your zippers, the zipper's broken because it did break. Right. Yeah. Now, when you start getting bigger and bigger and you have thousands and thousands of orders and there's always a bunch of smart cookies who figure out that, hey, if I say something's broken, I'll get one more. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So at some point, this stops making sense for you because not all of your zip, I mean, then you have a huge quality control issue at your issue. Yeah. And you find that, hey, when I ship them out, one in 200, I'm pulling out because of a faulty zipper, but like 20 in 200 are saying it's broken and I'm replacing it for free. So suddenly this is not making sense. Something is, (laughs) something is genuinely broken. Yeah, <laughs> not just the zipper. Uh, I had a, I had an opportunity to work with a client in the retail SaaS space and he used to say, be happy for the customers who complain because at least you know what happened. <laughs> because there'll be so many who don't, you know. Yeah. And at the same time, there will be people trying to take advantage. So that's where I think a lot of uh, ML comes into the picture today, particularly in e-commerce wherein there is, you know, systems have this ability to analyze complaints at scale and yeah. see which one are genuine see which one so that's where you get your return pickups right so when a mintra delivers something and you say hey i got a bad product you are expected to click a picture and you know tell them that it is indeed bad beyond this yeah there will be people even today for that matter who shop from stores don't remove the tags just use h&m's 30-day policy and return it after wearing it so that those outliers will continue to be there but at scale i think automation and using some of these analytics platforms is really what will help yeah. And how do we know that uh, we're focusing on the right, you know, you said ML, so there's obviously data that has to go into that system for me to get answers or me to get insights. So how do I figure out if I'm focusing on the right things? Hmm. Actually, this is going to be a more abstract answer. And I think that's how it should be as well, because unless you focus on the right thing at the systems level, all the operational elements are just subsets, right? Uh, for example, I like what uh, Allbirds, the VP of marketing at Allbirds, his name is Imanshu Sinha. He says, because Allbirds is about sustainability. So as a brand, when I think of Allbirds, I think, oh, they make sustainable shoes. That's my first thought. But he says, just selling sustainability, I don't think that's a feasible and viable plan or a business plan at all. It's essential. It's in our DNA. And we want to do everything right by the planet. But at the end of the day, that's not what we are selling. We are selling shoes. And we are selling footwear, we are selling apparel, and we want to make sure that they are the best in quality and performance. So you can clearly see the systems level focus on the right things. Yeah. You know, much as I may love an Albert shoe for its sustainability story, and of course, it's more recent Adidas partnership. 
the fact is unless it's comfortable i'm not going to come back and buy it a second time yeah no i think it takes me back to that kesidas son papdi right finally yes. that that it has to still taste really good so yeah. unless you focus on that and you make sure that day in and day out you remind yourself that hey i'm selling sweets or i'm selling shoes and quality of that product has to be top notch everything around it is just a bit of fluff uh, and you can tell your stories and go on and on but yeah. uh, your product has to really match up yeah, yeah yeah absolutely good that that's interesting so we're getting somewhere now and i'm thinking how do i figure this out at different stages in my brand company product life cycle right because clearly i need to think about different things at each stage definitely definitely so i think at the early stages um, especially today i think no conversation around marketing is not also a conversation about brands right uh, because they do occupy an emotional space uh, and that's important in a market that's just getting noisier and noisier every day so i think in the early stages just focus on your brand perception and what the market is saying about you at scale there are social listening tools there are all of those fancy things but i think just the simple act of probably managing your own instagram account for a while or checking it from time to time just to see what kinds of queries are you getting what kinds of comments are you getting what are people saying about your ads you know that sort of thing is what you should focus on the early stages because your focus is only on capturing that attention and retaining it for long enough you're not really thinking about how much of this is going to turn into a sale immediately right mm. then i think at the mid stages definitely move to sales because you need early validation that what you're doing is the right thing and that can only happen when three people four people 10 people buy what you're selling even for a service right and you're delivering it you've served and that's how you know that this is a problem area which i need to fix the next time for example my pitching early days the terms and conditions were very different from the terms and conditions today because it's only execution that will tell you you know what's working and what's not and likewise whether people want your service or not then i think the late stages it's really about creating growth and trying to make it as organic as possible right so are my promises adding up everything i'm saying at different points in time to different people is it really translating into my product or my service experience how do i measure that you know you have to be in touch with clients you have to choose your star customers as we say run reviews run surveys run events and just make sure that you're actually delivering what you promise so that is kind of your late stage focus and i think if we do these three things growth is just a byproduct of running a really good ship you know yeah it reminds me of a client that once asked you know what's all this digital marketing social media noise what happened to just doing what i do really well yeah. and <laughs> i think uh, it's still very important and it's still the crux of running a good business i don't think anyone can get away with growth you know or at least project a growth story unless what they do is really fundamentally solid yeah yeah and the same thing applies to your marketing tenets as well so are you making growth your marketing priority or are you actually crystallizing it into something more concrete like what is your growth you know is what i'm trying to say so for me growth might mean having a roster of 100 clients for someone else growth may mean actually seeing money on the table and that's what marketing has to work towards in a way correct no so when you say you know seeing money on the table i really wonder all of these food delivery guys when will they see that money on the table because it's 
today in the you know pursuit of growth all these promises are being made right uh, 15 minutes food 15 minutes groceries they're competing crazily with each other it was what Danzo and Swiggy, then Blinkit, and that went into Zomato. Uber Eats went into Zomato, and now suddenly Amazon and Flipkart want to bring you food in 10 minutes. And at some point, you know, everybody's kind of making you believe that they are growing, trying to make you believe that this category is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. But, you know, will it really bring money to the table is yet to be seen. Yeah, I think we'll definitely see a certain amount of consolidation. Uh, more acquisitions will continue to happen. This is just <laughs> the beginning, I think. Because at the end of the day, it's a last mile delivery business. Whether you're delivering food or books or grocery or whatever else, medicines, all of those. At the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that there are people who can run in cities, yeah. like within the yeah. city. So yes, we'll see a lot more acquisitions, I think. And I think that was the in slightly interesting bit about... Um, uh, Zomato's Goel's kind of defense of his attempt at 15 minute delivery, oh. saying that, hey, I have all the data. I have tons of data. I've delivered lakhs and lakhs of orders. So I know who wants what, when, and from where. So if I can use all this data intelligently, then I know the 10 dishes that I should always have ready for delivery. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you kind of bring it down to that, then it makes a bit of sense yeah that, logically uh, yeah yeah it's doable and it's not like he's promising you everything on every menu in 10 minutes that is true yeah it's not the entire restaurant menu from anywhere in the world that's reaching in 10 minutes so yeah and now it's time for the much awaited topical so today hasita i'm going to get your take on all the words that float around in the world of growth and marketing and just making a business bigger and bigger or at least sound like it's bigger and bigger. <laughs> sound like and, it. <laughs> so the first term that really caught my attention and, and made me laugh a bit is growth marketing. Come on, what <laughs> is that? Yeah, yeah. And I know what you mean because isn't all marketing growth marketing in a way. So, why yeah, are they like calling imagine, it that? <laughs> imagine taking out an ad saying, hey, I've really grown well and I'm good now and I just want to let you know that I'm good <laughs> and I'm not looking to add more customers. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. In fact, it's so strange because literally the uh, four P's of marketing are product, price, place and promotion. Yeah. Right. So promotion is literally the last thing. So unless you have your product, your price, your place, in a way, all of those things are contributing to your growth. So all marketing is growth marketing. That's all I'll say. <laughs> cool. Then comes, you know, we have growth, right? There's, we all know a business must grow. And to me, for a long time and to most of us, it, it simply meant that, that if you have a business, you know what you're doing and that should grow. But apparently, you can have product-led growth. What's mm. that? Oh, there's an entire Slack community dedicated to discussing product-led growth. And it's quite nice because of how many nuances there are. Uh, but to really put it simply in the spirit of Topical, I think let's go back to our Kesida's example. He grew off the back of Son Papri Man. Like, you know, he has 100 <laughs> stores in Karnataka at this point. 
and it all started with maybe one or two stores and the neighbors getting to know that the son papdi arrives at 4 it's over by 4:10 we all have those bakeries also no in the neighborhood there's one called lucitania where yeah. you know that three four of his products will get sold out by 4:10 on a sunday evening right so and have they not grown in a way they have grown right they have opened so many stores and all of them are doing spectacularly well so that's literally the essence of product led growth make your product so good that you get known for it and that's what propels your growth hmm. makes sense everything seems to have the word growth in it so the next <laughs> one <laughs> is growth metrics mm-hmm. we all like numbers because they mean something right they ground us in something solid yeah. uh, and of course because we also love jargon uh, there is something called uh, the aaa rrr <laughs> process oh my okay for... now hit me with it <laughs> can also call it a3r3 if it's too much <laughs> or r2d2 i don't know i just want to <laughs> so it basically stands for awareness acquisition activation revenue retention and referral and honestly even i had to write that down <laughs> so every business is essentially at one of these stages so you've either launched and therefore you're in the awareness stage or you're you know you're ready to make some revenue so you're at the mid stage which is the final stage of growth which is referrals right the moment people start referring your product people who've used it you know that you are well on the way to good growth so use that know that you fall in one of six one of these six areas and then set your metrics so for awareness obviously your growth metrics would be different for retention they would be different okay so one last one for you right and i'm not talking about any face cream or anything that kind of you know promises that it'll take care of your t zone I'm talking about T-shaped marketer. Who the heck is that? Oh man, I don't know why have we made this industry so full of these terms that only we seem to and sometimes even we don't understand clearly what <laughs> we are referring to. Oh my god, it it's very simple. It basically means that you are really good at one thing, but you also have a lot of other skills. So the one thing that you're good at is the vertical line and the horizontal line is the table on which all of your other skills rest oh wow they just so, kind of described mankind <laughs> you yeah. know one thing and you know a lot of other things <laughs> exactly there's also an e shaped marketer by the way oh, so if you're that? good at three things <laughs> then you become e shaped so yeah it's endless it's endless hmm. that was fun i think uh, there's a lot of nuance actually in growth right as much as we may joke about uh, the various words that we use the metrics that we use growth is tricky uh, growth is definitely scary sometimes but growth is also i think kind of like that um, you know that hope that keeps you going right because yeah. if you're in a business you're in it to make it better make it larger serve more people touch a greater audience so growth is critical and it and it really helps to know what you're shooting for and you know how to go about it so i think this this was a good discussion on things to think about and even for me as as a business owner yeah yeah and in many ways growth is vital 
right it's fundamental to the survival of i mean pretty much anything and uh, businesses as well are no exception uh, it's just that now seems like a good time as any to think about what it really means in our context uh i have a friend on linkedin who talks a lot about uh, sustainability and his startup is also centered around that and he spoke about this concept called survival of the collective uh so it was always survival of the fittest so there's there's this promise that one person will come out on top mm. whereas us now talking about collaborations that are beneficial to the entire value chain right so whether that's individuals whether that's you know the planet at large uh i think economically it also ties back to that story of consolidation itself all the mergers that we are seeing all the acquisitions that are happening uh so who are we really building for at the end of the day i think that question is in a way uh, the oxygen that growth needs <laughs> and uh, i've seen it hold some startup founders in very good stead even on some of the darkest days awesome so i hope this inspires our listeners to think about growth and uh, to really really plan for growth because that that's like you said that that's what keeps us going that's what uh, makes us want to get up every day absolutely <laughs> thanks asita thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode about growth we did have much ado about growth didn't we but i think it is a conversation that's worth having especially in today's times if you like today's episode please rate us and give us a follow on a podcast platform of your choice and if you are on apple podcast a review would be nice to have as well the show notes will have references to all of the examples we've used in the episodes and if you have any questions at all please reach out to us on linkedin